What's up, Joe? Senor Brad, como estas hoy? Dude, we're uh, doing okay over here. Uh, I'm trying to think. My wife took the family to the beach today. My mother-in-law is taking all of them to Disney next week, so I don't have to. I'll get the house to myself for four days. It's going to be awesome. A little staycation. Yeah, yeah. Me and the, me and the animals just chilling. So well, I'd recommend you know there's I would recommend you do all those big chores you've been neglecting, like those thorough house cleanings. That I, I heard of a company down there that's like. Um, what does it call? I think French made cleaners. Uh, <laughs> no, honey, I was just doing the house clean. It's no, a business no, expense. A, it's a business. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry. It's a business expense. That's fucking hilarious. <laughs> yeah, she's going to hate me before this is over. Yeah, there you go. But okay, no, she knows I'm joking. Come of on. course. She doesn't listen to this anyway. Yeah. So good. Um, fear and greed up to 30, dude. Not Man. we're out of the um, what is it? Mortal fear? What the fuck do they call it? The the real fear below? I don't remember what it's called. But but look at this chart, like uh, all time high for the last three months. Yeah, up to thirty here. Uh, our uh, best performance prior to this in the last three months was May second at a twenty eight. So uh, looking good. Now, uh, again, I'm still skeptical because I think people are going to sell off and take profit. But um, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm still uh, cautiously optimistic, dude. Well, when you think about what's happened <clears throat> in the last couple of weeks and you see that that trend line is still going. I mean, it's going up through all of that mess. Yep. Um, it didn't really stall much. I mean, to me, that's impressive. Yeah. Um, and I think everybody's waiting for it to be more positive and everybody feels like there's a positive outlook. Bitcoin broke over 23. Wow. Yeah. And ETH is at 1538. Yeah. I don't know, man. If I bought at 890 or whatever, I'm trimming here. If I'm on the ETH side, I'm sorry. Oh, if I bought at 890, definitely. Um, I, I'm trimming I, 25% at least right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and let the house money ride. Well, no, you're not. You're not in house money purely, but you're looking good. Yeah, I've um, got some shit staked, and I've been thinking about that all morning. I because I, I didn't buy at eight ninety. I mean, um, but you know, I did buy down in this this range of where we are, and there, there's a little bit of profit there. Now, overall, uh, all time nowhere near profitable. Uh, but you know, I'm kind of resetting the resetting the calibration at this point. Yeah, well, look, you know, merge happens. However, that happens to me sets the ETH trajectory. If that goes smooth, no, I mean, I think it either goes great or it goes shitty. I don't see an in between myself. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, if it goes shitty, it's all over. Yeah, it's going to be big problems. And so, I think if it goes great, I think we're on that ETH 10K trajectory. Yeah. I don't know if that's, you know, is that 24, 23 this year? I have no idea. But I think it's steadily marching at that point. Yeah. Um, and I think there'll be exits in the fours, four range too, where you can take. Yeah. Um, I, one thing I saw this morning in all these charts was, you know, our boy Phantom. And I'm not, you know, again, I don't have a ton of Phantom right now, but um, around 32 maybe. I got a little stack uh, I've been building up. Well, maybe it's 50 something. Hey, let me pull it up. Let me just do the proper search thing. By the way, Matic gave back a little bit yesterday. Yeah. 24 hours, 5.56% down. But 
you know, I mean, that's, people are going to take profit, you know, or yeah, they're all everybody's having this same conversation we're having right now. Yeah. Maddox um, at 33, 3373. What's the number there? Yeah, I mean, Phantom, not Maddox. Phantom. It's up 17.5. Yeah. Last 24 hours, I guess. Um, uh, yeah. 14 you know, look, here. I think everybody's just, I mean, it's not just us talking about it. I think when people look at the top, you know, layer ones, layer two plays, and what's still got something to deliver, you look at Phantom, it hasn't made the move yet. No. Um, so, you know, when I look at that, I don't remember where I sold some of this. I want to say, what was its high? Uh, uh, give me like a one year. Oh, there you go. 1.7, uh, 3.32, 332. Yeah. So I was selling, is that? 90% yeah. down. Yeah, I was selling some then because I had was anxious about that dip right before there. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and I was like, well, I'm not getting stuck with this. And so I was selling some at that point, which I'm glad I did. But look, it's a solid network. It's a solid layer one. That's look at that dump and low. pump, though. That's like fucking pretty extraordinary. Yeah. That was, I think, the June stuff. The May. Now, this June is December of this year? Of uh, 21. Yeah. Dumped uh, from. 314 in November to dollar 27 in December and back up to 332. I think that's the surprising that 332 on yeah. January. That that's why I thought it was earlier. Well, that was all that um that was all that uh pile in on uh what the fuck was that project that everybody piled into for the liquidity? Um ah, drawing a blank. Snow dog. No, 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 What's his name's <laughs> what's his name's project? Uh, no, that was Avalanche. Was it Snow Dog Avalanche? Yeah, Snow Dog's Avalanche. Yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah. Um, I get alerts every oh, now no. and then on that still. Oh, oh, uh, time? Time Wonderland? No, 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 no. Oh, um, no. Um. no, no, no. No, the project there was a project on Phantom that uh what's his name launched to do a be a liquidity provider in the space. Everybody piled in, TVL groups grew dramatically. James says solidly, yeah, that's it. All right. Yeah, yeah, solidly. Thank you, James. Thank yeah, you, thank James. You. Niblets, no, not Tomb, but actually Tomb probably had an impact on that because Tomb was really popular. So, you know, um, I, I can definitely see that that had an impact as well at that time frame. Anyway, um, so, yeah, Phantom Phantom got some room to grow. You know, we've been so talking about it a lot. I've been stacking Phantom, putting it in the staking and um, on the proof of stake staking. And uh, I've got a little pair yield farm going with another pair. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with that. And overall, market's looking, looking hunky-dory, relatively speaking. It's kind of like what Swizzly, I think, was saying yesterday, or as you know, um, and we were Shizzy. talking about Shizzy. Sorry, we're actually what I say, Swizzly. <laughs> sorry, sorry, I was thinking Swizzle Stick, man. I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm like Swizzly. already ready for happy hour, and it's what 12 Swizzly. 7. Yeah. Swizzly. That's good, that's good. But hey, sorry about that, buddy. Great, great, great brand name, anyhow, either way. Um, but look, we we're talking about Matic a lot, so yeah, when I see Phantom. I mean, if I'm picking right now, I'm picking Phantom. Yeah. Or if I'm trimming the Matic, I'm trimming and going into Phantom. Yeah. Um, if I'm trimming ETH, I'm trimming ETH going into, if I don't have Matic, I'm looking at that a little bit, starting to watch, but I'm definitely going in Phantom. Yeah. So, I mean, to me, this is, this has a, if we're going to play the summer run up with the potential for the October low that the 
predictor, the shamans and witches and fractal predictors, I'll say, um, you still make money. You know, you could three, four X in that time period in Phantom. I don't think you can do that in Matic right now. Um, I think this too is, much has moved. This is really interesting by Niblets. What are the what are the counterfactual again? What are the counterfactuals against F FTM? Could it be the Dvorak keyboard of DeFi? Do you remember the Dvorak keyboard? Dvorak keyboard was a new design of a keyboard that was superior, made you type faster, was better, more ergonomic, oh. et cetera, et cetera. Rearranged the keys, and I think it was contorted, uh, contoured to your hands, whatever. Um, I don't. I well, look, it could. It could become the Dvorak keyboard. I love that analogy of DeFi. Um, but I actually I, I, I actually think that knowing so many of the builders in that space that um, it has a much better chance, right? I mean, nobody was developing anything for the Dvorak keyboard because you couldn't. Um, in, in this case, the model the model works because there are people ardent, ardently developing on that platform and creating new shit. Now, there's a little bit of hesitation in my conviction because I have seen some of those builders start to expand to other layer ones um, and deploy their projects there, but I can't blame them, right? When the when the when the TVL dropped and the liquidity started dropping, they they have to sustain their projects, and so I totally get that. But I I have so much confidence in these builders, the guys I know at at um, Spirit Swap, the guys I know over at um, Phantom Foundation? My yeah, well, Phantom Foundation, definitely. But my brain is just not functioning today. Uh, um, anyway. Um, Spooky Swap? No. Geist? No. no. Oh, no. Uh, Ola? No. <laughs> Sorry. It's all right. It'll come to me later. Anyway, um, I'm very excited. I, I, I see a lot of potential because I know these people are building and they're building hard and strong. And I think that there's a, there's a, there's a ton of potential there. It could just die off like other chains have. Um, but I think there's enough activity still there to, uh, to allow it to, to grow. So I'm actually, well, I'm actually yeah. excited to see it. Also, I would say that um, when you compare it to like, say Cardano's and Stellar's and Tron's and groups like that, that were the original batch of Ethereum killers, if I remember correctly, um, and that they're still around. Yeah, I think what you see here with Phantom is that, I mean, barring, you know, some kind of catastrophic thing, uh, you know, with the rising tide lifting all boats, you know, you're going to have chances to get out of Phantom, is my point. Yeah. Between now and the next couple of years. So, again, you know, remember, I, I sell. Um, yeah. I don't hold long term like that. But I always hold a little of things I like. I just add and decrease. Yeah, you know, kind of like uh, your buddy Sean's strategy with his stacks of BTC and just kind of trading around it, yeah. um, albeit a much smaller scale. Right. Um, right. But I and think it's Reaper, by the way. Reaper Finance is who I'm looking oh, for. Yeah, Byte Masons. Yeah. The guys at Byte Masons, they're doing awesome work over there. Uh, really impressive group. I love that name. Um, I'm thinking of that Blue Oyster Cult song. Yeah. Uh, Niblet says, uh, recall you said Polygon Strength is in the deal-making as yeah. much as its tech is FTM deal-making. Yeah, they are. And and um, recently have come to learn about a lot of the um, uh, BD or, or partnerships they're doing with venture capital. So they announced one last week. Um, not sure the name. But I saw a new venture capital deal coming in. They are There is money pouring in to fund projects on that chain. And I think they're doing a good job on that front. I don't, 
I, I don't think they're taking as aggressive a um, approach on BD with projects from the perspective of um, high profile integrations or development efforts that I think Polygon is doing really well. I think what they're doing is they're getting biz dev deals together that uh, can fund and grow the ecosystem um, without them being direct integrations with the phantom blockchain. <clears throat> but, um, you know, I certainly like to see more of that, but I think they're doing a really good job. They have a strong team. The dev team there is phenomenal. The consensus mechanism is superior um, within phantom. And um, so again, and, and I always go back to the thing that made me a fan of phantom from the beginning. And that is the, the community is so hardcore around this blockchain. Um, hardcore groups of people engaged and in investing and building, um, I think are, are, you know, pillars for getting to success, but they can do better across the board. I think they can. I think there are bad folks in the space that I'd like to see out, uh, including one billionaire that, uh, yeah, fucking up the works. But, um, overall I, I feel very confident about, you know, how phantom is and who's underneath and who's, who's making things happen there. Well, and particularly when you look at, you know, again, the ones we named earlier, the, the Stellars, Cardanos, Trons, but throw Algorand in that category, throw all these groups that have just been throwing money at trying to maintain a brand and a presence. And I, I honestly don't, I mean, I guess there's been more activity over at Stellar and Cardanos of late, but right. they're not really following it. So I look at FTM and I go, you know, they've been around a couple of years too, but, you know, uh, I think the tech's better because it's built latest generation or not latest, but you know, one couple more generations beyond Stellar and Cardano. So you're not like, you know, uh, you know, toothpicking and duct taping shit together. It's kind of, right. I think you have probably a better base um, at least any of the other in comparison, to any of the other ones. Yeah. Um, but I'm not evaluating tech. I don't really know why any of these chains might be better or not. Yeah. Um, so when somebody says like a superior consensus mechanism, I mean, I get it. That means something about processing higher quality transactions faster. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I don't know why it does that. So, um, you know, a lot of these chains kind of evolved in my mind out of, you know, high ETH gas fees. Now, I this don't know is, if that's the case anymore. So Yeah, well, I think that was part of driving the interest, but uh, Phantom had a core base of users prior to that. Right. Now, this is really interesting. I decided to hop over to DeFi Llama to look at the current rankings based on TVL. And Phantom's down to number nine, which isn't great, but they're sitting at uh, 857.74 million. But what's interesting here is, so Waves and Tron, like, you know, I... I I really need to take a deeper dive into Tron, but it makes me a little nauseous to think about doing it. Um, but that, look, they have a massive Asian market propping that thing up, right? Because look, you've only got 10 and, fucking yeah. protocols. What, exactly. what the fuck are people doing over there? I mean- Rolling dice. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's it, man. <laughs> now, this one is really interesting to me. Kronos up yeah. to number seven. Right. I mean, you and I dabbled a little bit over there, but we didn't we didn't stick around. I didn't stick around. I wasn't um, impressed with the Kronos guys that I met at the Bloomberg conference, to be honest. Yeah. But I is, wasn't impressed. But isn't Kronos isn't it's that crypto.com? Crypto yeah. Yep. So, I mean, you have to go with the idea that, hey, there are users. that's a lot of users. 
right? And so at 1.27 billion TVL, you know, that may be a contender that's got to be looked at because if you can drive your retail users in there from your centralized exchange into um, your, your DeFi protocol, and you got 72 protocols already in there, Crystal guys at Crystal are in there, right? Yeah, but also look at like, I find interesting the Solana comparison because Solana's got 72 protocols as well, two up. Right, right. Go to the right and look at the TVL. Double the, double the TVL. Yeah, but look at the market cap then. Keep going right again, sorry. Yeah. So you got a 2.64 and a 5.47. Yeah. You know, I mean, it looks to me like there's room to grow on the Kronos side. Okay. Yeah, totally agree. No, With I the users, like you said. I totally agree. I think there really is. But uh, Tron, no. Nah. Yeah. And here, you know, this wave shit, what's crazy to me is I keep seeing, I keep seeing integrations and projects working on waves. And I, and I'm having a little, I'm having a lot of difficulty understanding. Number one, it's been around for a long time. Number two, they had that whole wacky shit with their stable coin that was going on. Um, I, I'm just, I, I'm a, I'm a, I get a little flabbergasted when things like Cardano and Tron and Waves are anywhere near the top ten of anything. You know, I, I just, I, I have, a, I, it, it makes me very nervous about people <laughs> and their well, engagement like and involvement with them. They look like big potential five, goose eggs. Five know? fucking protocols, and two of them are built by the team, the core team, and you know, eight hundred sixty-eight million. Now, the last time we looked at waves, it was all in that Vires Finance, mm -hmm. yeah, that lending protocol and Neutrino, their stable swap. But you know, what's interesting is all of that money. I don't know what that equates to in wallets, right? I don't know how many people are actually there using it or if this is just being propped up with venture money and fucking it's all bullshit. I don't know. Scroll down. What does the second 10 look like? Second 10. So, uh, well, we got Arbitrum up here, uh, yeah. layer two. Uh, Parallel, never heard of. Mixin, I think I've looked at before. DeFi chain, that's the Bitcoin based, um, that's a Bitcoin based uh, oh. DeFi chain, um, which gets no, uh, no um, coverage whatsoever. What's interesting is, do they list stacks here? Or do they not even list stacks? I see Cardano at 29. There's Neo. I don't see stacks here at all. Oh, I, I see it down right there. Uh, I just saw it. Um, oh, there it is. Oh, yeah. shit. Stacks is hurting. 19.79 million. That's fucking painful. So why the hell does... Uh, Stellar DeFi chain. What's it going on? In, oh, it's the it's their own DEX and their own lending platform. Yeah, uh, that, that looks like another waves propped up with you know venture money. But what I see the good ones I see there, optimism at fifteen, near yeah, at sixteen. Near. What's near got going in TVL right now? Three hundred forty-three million. Eh. Yeah, I don't know what they've only got eight protocols. I don't even know. I haven't. You know, every time I go to try to do something there, I'm like, oh, shit, I got to set another wallet up. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm like, next. <laughs> I think so. But, yeah. And then here we got good old Algorand, who still hasn't figured out their fucking marketing shit. You know, I mean. Did they ever hire calls. you to fix their UI UX issues? They they did not help me um, hire me, but they should. Uh, the CEO followed me. The new CEO followed me. 
Um, and I've had some interactions with them, but they definitely should hire me. I'll, I'll save them. Yeah, we should. So let's move them. <laughs> we could single-handedly move them from 20 to – I bet we could bump them to 16. Yeah, there What's you the go. TVL? What's the TVL of it? Sorry. Uh, let's go back to Algorand is at 211. Yeah, it's probably all Chinese commercial paper, too. No, you know whose money that is. That's, yeah, well, it's uh, it's Mooches. It's Mooches. It's Mooches. <laughs> He's got his hedge fund. The problem there. is he's only got he put I think he put three hundred million in, so he's already yeah. down. Yeah, is that their multiple TVL multiple over there of twelve? That's pretty high. Um, is that number on the right? No, it's market it's, cap. To oh, T market yeah, that cap. is market okay. cap to TVL. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Right. So again, we always talk about these ratios. Look at Cardano, one hundred and twenty-eight. Yeah. I mean, is that over fucking priced or what? <sighs> Let's and sort. By, let's sort by that. Let's yeah. see what we got. Can I sort by that? Yeah. You should be able to. Polkadot, okay. Ravencoin. Holy shit. Ravencoin. So I haven't thought about in a long time. Lowest ones, right? Is it the lowest yeah. one? So the best one. Three thirty-eight. Oh no, three hundred thirty-eight thousand times TVL. Shit. <laughs> and well, then, that's different for Polkadot, though. Or, or well, I don't know Bifrost, but I don't know Bifrost. I I just flipped it. Hmm. Oh, now we're getting the best ones. Okay. Yeah, I'll flip it back here. Hold on. Okay. But here's the best ones. All right. Bifrost, Fusion, Akala. Yeah, but this is yeah, what you are know, we talking about. Akala kind of caught my eye when we were looking. They're in the second 10 of those. They were like maybe 16 or 17. It kind of caught my eye when we were going through like the Nier and yeah. the other ones in that above Algorand. That might be one. Sora, I've heard. Moon River was a lot of talk about Moon, Moon River. River was getting a lot of hype there for a little while. 104 million Phantom. in TVL. Phantom at number nine with yeah. the, basically a one. Yeah, that's see, there's another indicator why you should be buying getting on Phantom right now. Um, but that's only your uh yeah, yeah. I mean to me, it's my you. indicator yeah. when I go home. There's your SIF, Joe. All right, number seven. 1.479. I added to that the other day. I think they got one protocol running. It's the website. Seven million and seven point four million in uh in TVL. Yeah, it ain't. I don't think I've ever done anything there, but poor Gnosis, man. They've been around forever. Uh, 2.0, 394 million. That chain has seen a little growth lately. I've been looking at it um, in terms of projects moving on. So, you know, yeah. there's so many of these chains. It's like, what's Meta standing at right now? 36.22 million. That's, that's pretty sad, right? Because they're built upon uh, Vitalik's model for layer twos. Um, one of his previous papers and, you know, his mother is on the core team at Metis. Um, but, you know, they can't get out of the gate. Yeah, I think it has potential, but. Well, anything that has Vitalik's mom in it, it's going to have potential. Yeah. I mean, she's obviously, I'm not talking for the nepotism races. I'm talking because she's obviously going to be smart. Yeah, she <laughs> is. Obviously. And look, she's a, you know, she, her he, his mother and father were both developers, I'm pretty sure. So, oh, wow. Yeah. Um, look at EOS there at 51. Doof. 119 million, 8.841. What's, um, well, anyway. Yeah, so you get the point, everyone. Yeah. That was fun. Okay. Uh, what else we got? Um, Gary Gensler, again, telling everyone, come in and talk to us. But Gary and his SEC are uh, getting publicly shredded in Congress today. Uh, <laughs> Representative Tom Emmer, I'm going to post a link to this video because it's pretty fucking classic. 
um, they're questioning the head of enforcement at the SEC, and 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 Emmer, Emmer gets him to admit that yes, they are doing extra jurisdictional uh, requests. Yes, they are um, going after blanket industry letters and going after um, people, you know, for zero reason, just doing blanket dragnets trying to catch whatever they can. And number three, um, these request letters are supposed to be uh, voluntary, but they're actually basically taking enforcement actions about against people that ignore the request letters. And there was a number four, I don't remember. Oh, and they are, of course, which I've, we've all talked about quite a bit. They are uh, telling everyone, come in and talk to us. People come in and talk to it. And then they, they initiate an enforcement action against people that come in to talk to them, right. To figure out how to make it. So they're legal uh, under the sec. Um, I've seen multiple, multiple people in Congress, uh, going off about Gensler over the last few days. Looks to me like a concerted effort to, to weaken him and target him. Um, and it screams out to me that uh, the boys in TradFi are not uh, pleased with their, with their Goldman Sachs buddy. So we'll see what happens, but they're going hard after them. Yeah, I mean, two things. Um you know, one, I suspect this is a result of a lot of the crypto lobbying that we've been talking yeah. about in the past, because now it's being the messaging seems to be more about two things. One, uh, it creates economic value and the trade fi side is now supportive of that creation right. of economic value. Right. Um, which I find pretty interesting. The other thing I was thinking about with the Gary Gensler stuff extra jurisdictional are we talking about like geographical jurisdiction no extra uh uh enforcement jurisdiction so people that are not under the sec at all they're sending out blanket letters and the yes i mean in fairness i gotta i gotta address it the enforcement guy from uh, grewald uh said well yes we do send out uh, letters, but it's always in the course of an investigation. And Emmer basically said bullshit, but didn't say bullshit um, because they send out these request letters in blanket form. It's fishing expeditions, right? They're going after somebody. And so they go out and say, okay, let me go. Uh, let me, anybody that's had any association with this company, I'm going to go after and make them give me evidence, right? To support the case I'm trying to make against this particular entity or person. Um, and so that was the that was that was what Emmer was bringing up was that mm. they are going after companies that aren't under their uh, jurisdiction that aren't yeah. a, a securities trading or anything else related to it. So yeah, well, we were talking about that a bit. You know, I mean, the battles between SEC and CFTC over jurisdictions, and they're just all. I mean, obviously CFTC less than SEC, but they're all just claiming areas yeah. that, that aren't theirs. I mean, I think the lesson here is. If you are, if you did do potentially a activity that gets you SEC exposure, such as a you know capital raise, and you're concerned, do not go in there alone. No, no. lawyer up first. Yeah. Come on, man. With a lawyer that it, with a lawyer yeah. that's worked with the SEC before. So if no. you want, if anybody wants a referral, just yeah. message us because I've got some really good guys. But you got to be ready to write a retainer check out of the gate, and that's. Um, and that that's goes normal. back to, yeah, and that's normal. And but that goes back to what we talked about the other day. Like if you want to deal with 
being regulatory compliant, you better step up with like, you know, 50 to 150 grand at least just to get started. Yeah. Yeah. No, For, I mean, with a good these, attorney. But these are guys that have worked at the SEC and, you know, yeah. I mean, they're in there advocating for you. Yeah. Uh, and they're and, in there every other day. I mean, they're dealing with the SEC on a regular basis. So, yeah. So they help the you kind get of guys you want. Yeah. It's, they help you get compliant if you need to. Um, otherwise they help you stay in compliance if you're already there. But, um, if the money, if you've raised a bunch of money, it's, it's just insurance. Absolutely. Get these guys. And I don't know if I'd volunteer to show up down there, but (laughs) if there's letters coming, you know, then figure out a way to get yourself lawyered up. Definitely. (laughs) Definitely. Lawyer the fuck up. Um, anyway, and the, and Emmer was, was explicitly going after kind of the, the politicization of, of, of this. And there's been a lot of talk about the fact that, uh, that, um, you know, Gensler's just running fucking wild and, you know, he's fired all the top guys at the sec. He's replaced them with his buddies. He's stepping on everyone's toes in the regulatory world. Here's what's interesting. Last week, Gensler comes out and says, well, I think we could maybe, you remember we were talking about how it was promising that he was saying, I think we could, uh, we could uh, start doing framework with different disclosures for crypto digital asset projects, mm-hmm. right? Well, you know what happened was somebody on his team said, they're coming after us, dude. You better, you better start looking a little more conciliatory because they knew this was going to happen and that this was coming this week, that they were going to be uh, targeted. So it's just you know interesting to watch start, it. No, if, it sounds like a little bit of political knives are out too, but... I would, uh, you know, we should start doing a little poll thing. Is there a way we could do survey on this show? Nah, we'd have to do it on Discord or, or, okay. uh, but we can do that. I'd love to see like a top 10 list of where Gary Gensler lands next. <laughs> you know, which protocol? I mean, Algorand's looking pretty nice. Algorand would be Gensler. perfect for him. Yeah. 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 You know, plenty of money to get paid, nothing going on, but yeah. fully compliance. Exactly. I think the only friend he has anymore is uh, Elizabeth Warren. Yeah, she's his friend, really? With his Goldman background? Well, I think she's his friend because she opposes crypto as much as he has. Oh, got it. You know what I mean? Because she, every other week, uh, she can't let a week go by without her screaming the same shit she screamed the previous week. So, Well, she's trying to protect Main Street, allegedly. And I think Gensler probably, he's protecting big finance more than main street but at the same time you know there is that sec uh goal yeah (laughs) to protect the retail investors so i can see why how you said that why they would bond up yeah definitely here's emmer Uh, under chair gensler the sec has become a power hungry regulator politicizing enforcement baiting companies to come in and talk to the commission then hitting them with enforcement actions and discouraging good faith cooperation yeah I mean, look, a lot of people don't like enforcement action. And it isn't yeah. just the rebels. Yeah. It isn't just the pirates. It's the people with most, <laughs> most people of the money. money invested. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. And if anybody wants, if you want to keep up with this shit, this is, you know, one of the ways I do it is I follow Two Bit Idiot, Ryan Selkis, uh, the founder of Masari. He is, he does not hold back. And if you just, if you enjoy watching Gensler get beat up, then mm-hmm. this is the man to follow because he he shreds him probably every two to three days. So it's uh, he's entertaining, if nothing else. Well, it keeps the pressure on. I mean, yeah. that's what we want. Yeah, well, and he's set up his own. 
you know, he set up his own political action group and they're setting up PACs and super PACs. He is hardcore engaged on making sure we're represented. So it's good. Hey, stuff. how's, um, have you talked to Andrew Yang lately at all? I, I haven't, but, uh, Yang stirred it up this week, uh, because he spoke on Saturday at something called freedom fest, which is a libertarian thing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, all of the progressives, I always use air quote with the term progressives because progressives aren't, um, his were freaking out because among the 200 plus speakers at this thing were people who are far right, et cetera. Mm -hmm. But the point I made was one of the things that, that got me excited about supporting him in the presidential campaign. The first thing that drew me to him was his solutions were pragmatic. They weren't political in nature, right? They weren't uh, bent to a party. They were, Hey, how do we solve this problem? Here's the data. Let's solve it doing this. Right. And so that was what drew me to him. Well, what happened during the course of the campaign is it also drew in thousands of Trump supporters. Like I would say a good third of his base in the democratic primary were people who were former Trump voters who came on board to him and basically became kind of de-radicalized because his solutions were pragmatic and they suddenly saw that they didn't have to be fucking screaming, raging people about politics. They could actually solve problems. So um, Yang is actually hinting that he may run. If Trump is the nominee or Trump could be the nominee and Biden is the nominee again, he's hinting now that he may run on the crypto front. The Republican? Uh, huh? No, I'm independent. He started okay. his own party called the forward party. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Which is interesting because if any, I think if anyone has a chance to kind of break through the, the two party hold, it's him. The party is all about um, focusing on voting reform issues. So rank choice voting, open primaries, everything that they're focused on is that. And then uh, UBI of course is, is part of it. But um, everything he's done to form that party is less about partisanship and more about how do we reform the system and break the stranglehold of two parties. Um, the mm-hmm. His uh, lobby, th- uh, lobby three is still functioning, running. They're doing a lot. They're engaged. They're, they're actively communicating with Congress about crypto and DeFi issues. Um, they seem to have a pretty active community from what I see in the Discord. I'm not actively engaged there. But, um, you know, it's uh, going to be really interesting. My, the other guy I want to see run in, on the Democratic Party is Jared Paulus out of Colorado. That's, that's, that, to me, is the guy I want as a Democratic nominee because he's Hardcore pro-crypto, incredibly popular with Republicans and Democrats in Colorado. Um, To the governor? Yeah, governor. Yeah. Smart, smart guy. Really good guy. He's he's my number one. My number one choice for Democrats would be Jared Paulus. Well, he's like pro-choice, pro-gay, pro-gun. Yeah. Yeah. But you don't combine those three together that often. Not very often at all. You could kind of get the populist. And hardcore pro-crypto. Yeah, because a lot, like you said, a lot of the economic populists, as I call them, you know, Sandinistas or Trump supporters, you know, are actually independents. Yep. That aren't as, um, say, um, worshiping at the altar of the individual. It's more about trying to create change from the grassroots up. So. Yep. More Andrew Yang, the better. Yeah, opinion. well, and that's what I said last week when everyone was outraged that he was speaking at this event. I said, look, I watched thousands of Trump supporters become pragmatic voting de- registered Democrats <laughs> because yeah. of this man. I said, if you want to stop right-wing extreme- extremism, you should have Andrew Yang speaking to him every chance he gets because he's really fucking good at it. So anyway, very interesting. 
Um, Three Arrows Capital, uh, um, thousand page legal document came out and a lot of people have been uh, uh, analyzing. My buddy, Jack Newald, uh did an analysis and there is, these guys are in so much trouble, Joe. They, <laughs> they are buying a $50 million yacht with the, uh, with the hedge funds money. They owe over $3 billion. Genesis is the biggest uh, uh, holder with $2.3 billion. Um, they defaulted on the debts for Celsius and Voyager, um, you know, the, the whole bit. But there are in here text messages back and forth between Davies, uh, his co-founder, and others when they're trying to call their loans and they are blatantly lying to them about their exposure in Luna, blatantly lying to them about what they have and don't have. It's, um, it's, a, it's a pretty big clusterfuck, I got to tell you. Yeah, well, look. I mean, the number one thing if you're in finance, if the shit starts going bad, you don't start making shit up. Dude, you they were making shit up left left and right. Because that is jail time, man. Yeah. Just don't get away with that. And, and this is Terra Luna, so they're the ones with the Korean exposure, right? They're in Korea? Yeah, no, no. They're Singapore-based. They're not Terra Luna. They're the 3AC. Oh, 3AC. Line. Got it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, Singapore, I mean, good God. You know, break out the canes. I <laughs> yeah. Mean, yeah. They're it's just ugly. Yeah, you're not going to get a hand slap on that one. Um, but, you know, you don't, and also the texting around. I mean, what do you. <laughs> well, they were, I mean, you can see in the text. I don't know if he has any quoted here, but I saw another thread that quoted the text messages. They, they, you could see the desperation. You could see like they were just blatantly lying to cover their asses. And it was, it's, it's just pretty bad. It's, yeah, it's well, really bad. You know, I've been in a few of those situations where you see that kind of thing coming in slow motion. You know, you just the market's turning, your product's going out of favor, and you know you better get something else up and running, or you're going to hit the brick wall. And so the the thing is, at that point, you know, you have to be really careful what you say and do with people, yeah. Because you know, if you misrep and then you get on a fraud side charge of something, not only do you have to pay the money back. And then you can't discharge that in bankruptcy court, I believe, but you also go to jail. Yeah. Um, so when the shit's going bad, go get your money, but you know, don't lie. Don't you fucking know, lie. If they, ask, if they ask you a question, don't answer it. Change the subject. Do whatever. Right. But don't lie to it. You know, yeah. doesn't mean you can't maneuver. Yep. Obfuscate. Focus on what you think is important, but just be smart. So Suju uh, is one of the creditors at five million or so, but Kyle Davies' wife, his wife? Oh, his it, wife it is owed forty-seven million by their firm. Hmm. So I can't wait to see the machinations for how his wife loaned forty-seven million dollars to Three AC. It's going to be very interesting. Nor how the money got to his wife, right? Like maybe his wife's independently wealthy, but my suspicion is we're going to find some interesting data well, on the funneling of funds. And we need to find out if if his wife's mom is single. <laughs> <laughs> um, they are saying that, um, you know, there could be some potential further contagion. Uh, Genesis is the subsidiary of DCG uh, that owns Grayscale. They don't, yeah, yeah. So um, the only thing that's left at 3AC are the equity and token agreements of the firms they invested in. But they did, they did spend, they did spend... Uh, when they borrowed billions, one of the things they bought was the crypto dick butt uh, oh, NFT. God. Don't you love how that shit just comes back and bites you in the ass? 
<laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> now here's here's where it gets really interesting. Blockchain.com, right? So they loaned them. Uh, what's the amount? Two no. Two point three billion. Yeah, they loaned them three two point three billion, and then said, "Keep them informed if their leverage went above one point five x." But there was no, there was no, there were no rules. There was no, there was no like, "Hey, these are the parameters. You must notify us x." Blah 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 blah. These people just loaned them fucking money, and and said, "Let me know." Right? Well, and you it's know, just it's, fucking crazy. Well, it's funny if you remember, like in the. Um... 2008 recession, plenty of movies about it. I want to say like the big, not the big short, but there's another one called Margin Call. And you just see how, you know, these networks build in a different financial institutions where they just do trades over the phone orally or verbally. Yeah. And, you know, and they fulfill it and there's a trust that's built up. So I could just see like somebody's making money at 3AC in the deals and then they're telling everybody else and then everybody's piling in, oh, Sequoia's in or Goldman's yeah. in. Fuck, I don't have time to do diligence. If they're in, it's good enough for me. And they pile in. Yep. But, you know, <laughs> I mean, there's something about that whole chasing deals with money to me that just having been on the wrong side of that a couple of times, I, I, it never ends well. No, you know? no. And they were so levered up. I mean, they were out, they were out borrowing from everybody and their fucking dog. They, it yeah. was. Amen says so insane the amount of debt they had it just seems mind blowing yeah it really it's it's fucking insanity like leveraged to the hilt I, what I can't what I'd like to see at some point is someone who really kind of climbs in and and defines if they ever were making money right I mean or were they always so levered up on debt because they got away with it and they had such a big personality on as an influencer that they didn't that they were just fucking constantly levering up and, and robbing Peter to pay Paul. I don't know. I don't know. It's I crazy. would suspect without knowing anything that it accelerated in the last couple of months, yeah. um, which is what led everybody to make those decisions to plop money into say Terra because it was like they had to. Yeah. It was the only yeah. way they were going to make it up. Yeah. And you know, yeah. you and I had these conversations, we started, let's start first started looking at these companies, maybe January, December, 2021. And, you know, we knew right away that to pay that yield, you got to go get yield somewhere. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's enough to say, oh, transaction fees and this and that, but there ain't enough transactions to pay returns well, like that. Well, and it's funny, um, you and I talked about Anchor Protocol and, and Luna on the show and we were like, holy shit, 20%, how can you turn that down? And I never dove into it. Even though we, you know, we, pro we both were kind of like, wow, that's really that looks really good. I'd like to do that. And everybody was in on it. And we thought, wow, you know, this is blue chips. Suju's in it. Everybody's in it. But I never could pull the trigger on it. I couldn't ever get myself to pull the trigger on putting money over there. I'm, and I'm obviously glad I did. And it's not that I'm brilliant or anything. It just, it felt at that point in time, it felt too good to be true after what we'd all been through already. So, Which is, yeah, which is interesting because you remember last summer, Tough. you know, we were looking at shit. We would have oh, dove yeah. on that in a fucking heartbeat. Yeah, 150% return was like a fucking bank deposit return <laughs> at that point. And, you know, so I'd be mean, 20. I remember I'd look at 20 and so be like, yeah, meh, whatever. Yeah, yeah. You, know, you just move on. And at that point in the market, though, that 20% looked like a T-bill. Exactly. You know, a high return T-bill because it was such a conservative. I know it sounds absurd, but 20% was such a conservative return. 
Yep. That you're like, oh, these guys, yeah, these are the, this is the stable one. These are the guys that aren't fucking around. The amount, <laughs> the amount was well placed, well timed. The influencer reputations and the people that were in it that I trusted, um, you know, gave it credence, great credibility. But it just at that point, it just still, you know, after all the losses we'd all taken, it it just seems like it was still too much. But it was Iceland. Basically. I definitely see why everybody got sucked in. I definitely, definitely understand it. So, yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it's a, this shit happens, but you know, you got to flush it and move on. Hey, Lido is going to move their um, liquid staking onto layer two, uh, not Polygon. Uh, it's Argent and uh, Aztec. So mm -hmm. this is really interesting. Um, and I'm not quite sure the fundamentals of how this works because I haven't dove into deeply into the article, but um, essentially they're going to allow people to, uh, I assume it's some variation of ETH um, stake on the layer twos of uh, Argent and Aztec, and they say more that are coming. So that's really interesting. Um, it's gonna be interesting to see, uh, you know, how many people take them up on that. But uh, I've never looked at Argent. I've looked at Aztec because that's the privacy focused one, um, but I've never looked at Argent uh, at all. So I know nothing about them. So are they in this list? Or since they're layer two, they're not. Uh, they're not. Okay. What was the other liquidity staking firm that we had on the show? Uh, Swell. Is that right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Swell. Yeah, Swell, I think, is about to launch. I haven't looked lately at what they're doing, but they are uh, like uh, uh, similar to Anchor. They were, they're trying to do a decentralized play. Anchor's much further along. There was some other innovation there. They were doing it so that um, instead of taking the tokens out of Swell that you get the the, the your receipt for staking ETH or whatever they're going to offer, you actually could immediately slot, swap that into the farm on their website. And so I think the yields ended up being a bit higher uh, at the base layer on the state on the point of proof of stake staking as well as uh, on the yield farming um, because they were doing something to take advantage of the fact that they were staying on their on their protocol. Really smart guys. I interviewed them. Uh, you guys can listen to them on missiondefi.com. Um, and I, I think they have good potential. And frankly, I think we need a lot more um, of these decentralized staking protocols. There's Rocket, there's um, Anchor, which I love. The guys at Anchor staking, they listen to us regularly. Hey, guys. Um, but um, I definitely I definitely think we need more staking providers. I, we need to spread it out more. So, Remember a few weeks ago, the ST ETH, ETH balance we were looking at in one of those pools. Um, and there was a lot of talk about that when I think USDD was, looked like it was depegging. Yeah. And then we kind of, I think somebody in one of our listeners commented that it was that ratio imbalance was related, I think, to the merge in some way. Cause you know, you're well, taking tokens off for the staking model going forward. Is that issue still there? Yeah, it was that, it's better now. I was just yeah. looking at it this uh, a moment ago. So ETH's at fifteen sixty nine and ST ETH's at fifteen oh six. So there is a there's an arbitrage there, um, and um, the 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 bottom line was is all these guys that were getting liquidated who had ST ETH were trying to sell off to get cash. So this was part of this whole consensus and everybody uh, else that's having issues, financial issues. Um, that's what started it. Um, but I don't know what it's currently, what's currently happening with it, but, um, you know, certainly it's, it's off the peg a little bit right now, 1542 to 1569. I mean, it's not enough that I'd mess with it, but, um, you know, if you think about the fact okay, that, well. yeah, if you think about the fact that you can buy this at a discount right now off of the current price of ETH and know that 
you know, approximately six months after the merge completes, you're going to get one ETH for every STETH you have. Um, you know, if you're a conservative investor, that's not a bad investment. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and that's how it works. So okay. no horns, no tail said FTM is techs or no big deals yet. Uh, and he said, although very innovative projects. Yeah, there haven't right. been any big deals like Polygon has. Um, and I think Polygon has a bigger team on the biz dev side, um, more connections, et cetera. But um, I, I, I think FTM can ramp that up. I don't know if they will. I don't know if Phantom will or not, but uh, we'll see. Uh, oh, we ran out of time, Joe. Shit, Dude, really? What time like is it? two days in a row. All we've done is talk about three topics. It's just easier because I think that's what people want to know about these topics. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, real quick, uh, this I, I, I still think there's some interesting oh. stuff here. Bitcoin Net Lightning Network capacity hits new all time high of 4,267 BTC. I'm still really interested to see what can be done. And I don't have enough technical understanding of, of Lightning. But what's the potential for Lightning Network to offer operate as a DeFi layer for Bitcoin? And that that I I really think there's some potential there. And I'm 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 assuming there are some technical limitations to making that happen because nobody is doing it that I've seen. And none of the three um, Bitcoin DeFi plays I know of have any integrations with Lightning. So I'm assuming there's some limitation there. But you know, high speed, low fee. Um, there's got to be some way to leverage potentially what's happening in the Lightning Network. I just don't have enough technical understanding to know yet. I should probably take a deeper dive, but I'll put it on the end of the 20 item list. So, yeah. Well, I mean, look, it's to, I mean, it's what does Bitcoin want to be? Does it want to be the store of value um, right. token that it is now, the gold standard, or does it want to be, and I'm not saying that it's not already, but does it want to be more commercially relevant? Yeah, the commercial layer. And so, yeah. I mean, that's up to that community, I guess, to figure out. Um, I'm sure it could be done. Um, and I'm sure it would be. A, well, it would require a lot of it, people. It'll require another layer, just yeah. like the other solutions that are out there. And that's going to piss off the fucking maxis. But who gives a shit? Fuck them. Um, at the end of the day, I, I, I think that if there's an opportunity to put a layer that integrates and utilizes Lightning, that that has potential. Now, there are a lot of complications in using Lightning Network. The nodes and peers that have to be set up, the way the, the money flows from one peer to another peer to another peer to another peer. There's an opportunity to make money there as operating as a node, but that's also complicates shit, right? It doesn't, this isn't just a, a transactional thing where you're sending money to somebody. This shit's hopping all over the place. You, people have to have money on nodes to be able to cover it, blah, blah, blah. It's really complex, but I think there's potential. I, I, again, I don't know how that layering system would work, but I definitely think there's an, there's mm -hmm. an opportunity. So, all right, Joe, got anything else you want to bring up today? Um, no, I mean, last time I looked, all the trade five markets looked okay. Yeah. Seem to be up uh, somewhat. Yeah. I mean, Seems like everything's humming along. So um, yeah. looks like good summer. You know, reminds me of that surfing movie that I used to go to when I was a young lad. Endless summer. Well, Worth checking uh, out, man. Europe is having is melting at the moment. Yeah, it's so, not that kind of summer that I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Britain Britain hit the highest temperature ever recorded today in hundreds of years. Yeah, 104 or something. I was kind of surprised. I remember walking around Vegas and it being like, fuck, like 118 or something. You know, but it's a dry heat, of course. Yeah. Bullshit. Yeah. Um, it just will chill. I mean, 104 in the UK with no air conditioning. 
I mean, come on, just stacking up bodies right now. <laughs> it's like whenever those heat waves roll through Paris, I mean, there's always 180 dead people. It's horrible. You know? Well, so, all of Europe's like all of Western Europe's like that right now, piping hot. All the guys out at ECC are complaining constantly about how fucking hot it is. It's like. Uh, I can't imagine. Last time when I, when we went to Europe a few years ago, just before COVID, uh, we were in uh, Switzerland and it was having all time highs, and it was fucking brutal. Because you go, you know, you go to Switzerland thinking, okay, it's going to be nice and cool and breezy and lovely, and it it was it was brutal, brutal. Yeah, you know, it's um, I was up in New England a week or so ago for a bit and um, driving around there, and I'm telling you, man. Maine. Mm. I mean, it is so nice up there right now. Yeah. Windows open at night, you know, um, anything up in the Berkshires is super nice right now. And that's like three hours from New York city. Yeah. You know, Maine an hour from Boston. That's what it was like for me in in California, man. Everything was nice and cool and breezy. It was beautiful. Absolutely. Yeah. So no, I definitely love that. Yeah. Um, but anyhow, all right, let's wrap it up. Everybody, thank you so much for listening, for watching, and Niblets, James, uh, Amen, No Horns, No Tail, thank you so much for uh, participating today. We love it when you guys inter- interact. Niblets, I'm going to bring this up tomorrow. He said, what if BTC is just a wrapper for USD the way USD notes were just a wrapper for gold holdings? Hmm. Interesting. Um, maybe, we'll have, maybe we'll have him come on and explain that. We, I think we have, do we have a guest tomorrow or Thursday? Thursday, we have a guest. I'd love to see what just off the cuff what Sean thinks of that comment of Niblet's question. Oh, yeah, that'd be interesting. Um, Thanks, everybody, for listening and watching. We love you and appreciate you. If you have feedback and comments, B05Crypto on Twitter or Telegram, B05Crypto, pound 2143 on Discord. Please, if you're on Apple Podcasts, uh, take a moment to rate and review us. It really helps us boost the show. It helps us keep more listeners uh, and grow what we're trying to do. Thank you very much for listening. Please subscribe. Click the little bell on YouTube. If you have any comments or thoughts, they are welcome. We love it. We respond to everyone we get. Thanks so much, Joe. Have a great afternoon. Thanks, everyone.